Hello and welcome to Show Me The Podcast After The Credits, where we will be discussing Black Klansmen. Since our last After The Credits episode on Game of Thrones, uh, we've been up to Lincoln to visit the Sorry You're In My Seat guys, and we recorded an episode on Edgar Wright's Cornetto trilogy, and that is now available uh, via their podcast, so uh, go and have a listen and enjoy the drunken, sweary, ranty (laughs) (laughs) antics. Sorry about that, guys. (laughs) I know, when I was, I like the way at the beginning, how they kind of do a little um, advisory (laughs) Yeah, I say uh, parental advice, uh, you know, <laughs> is required here. But yeah, no, I as soon as I listened to that, I was like, oh my god. And then you know, obviously, as we towards the end, I think we were a bit rowdy, but it was a really good weekend, actually. Three really nice guys, actually. Yeah, and it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun, despite the fact that uh, staying out till uh, seven o'clock in the morning is not something me or Harry is used to. Not for a good few years, no. <laughs> Though. Like I kept saying to you and Aaron, I was like, I'm 32. I'm 32. <laughs> <laughs> what did you think of the cheesecake shots? Oh my God. Cheesecake. Oh, cheesecake. Yeah, they're good. And I don't normally like sweet shots, but yeah. No, because when you said these taste like lemon cheesecakes, we were like, okay, because, you know, and I was like, these actually do taste like lemon cheesecake. <laughs> they can really do. And I swear they had like breadcrumbs on the, the rim. Oh, lovely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it was a good night. Um they they say they'd like to meet up with us again, but maybe they're just being polite. <laughs> well well yeah, well yeah. But if they aren't, then they um you know, if they're not just saying it, they're very welcome to uh come on to show me the podcast and uh we'll see how that goes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, water for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think so. Or coffee. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah, splash out a bit. <laughs> and by the way, this episode is going to be spoilerific. So if you haven't seen it, go watch it, then come back and have a listen. Um, but it is a true story, so you might already know what happens. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. Oh my god, I'm really tired. So if I sound a little bit off in this episode, I apologize. And my usual exuberant, hopefully funny self will come out next episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah when we do our episode on the, our next episode harry will be just like giggling all the way through yeah i don't just giggle <laughs> we do a little bit um will we talk about black clansman yeah man give us a bit of a synopsis then okay um so black clansman is a 2018 graphical crime movie directed by the great spike lee and written by this is why she gave it to me to do charlie <laughs> Watchtel. David Rabinowitz, uh, Kevin Wilmot, and Lee himself. And it's based on a novel by Ron Stolworth. Uh, it's set in the 1970s in Colorado Springs. The plot follows the first African-American detective in the Colorado Police Department as he sets out to infiltrate the, and expose the local Klu Klux Klan uh, chapter. Um, and due to the fact that he's African-American, obviously he can do this in person. So it's done by telephone. Um, and when they do ask to meet him in person, uh, Ron Stallworth's character, John David Washington, sends in a fellow cop, Flip Zimmerman, 
<laughs> great name, paid by um, Adam Driver. And he basically mirrors the conversations that uh, Ron has been having. So he basically plays Ron in person. Um, and the movie uh, won the Grand Prix Prize at Cannes in 2018 and had a six minute standing ovation. And also won the best Oscar for the best, sorry, also won the Oscar for best writing adapted screenplay, which was for uh, Spike Lee's first Oscar win. And also got uh, nominated for best picture, director, best sport and actor for Adam Driver. So it did quite well in the in the Oscars and it's good to see that it won one. And that's nice that Spike Lee finally got one because I thought, I was actually surprised when I read that that was his first. Yes, I was as well. It's well deserved, definitely. Oh my God, definitely well deserved. And I didn't know, but the cinematographer, Chase Irvine, he did the um, Lemonade, you know, Beyonce's Lemonade video. Really? <laughs> yeah, he did that. Um, like yeah. That. Sorry? I like that video. I like the video. They do a really good um, uh, homage to it on, uh, what do you call it, that uh, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Um, and also this film apparently took inspiration from The French Connection, Dog Day Afternoon and Serpico. Ooh. so did you I take it you liked this movie I really enjoyed it actually I thought it was um really well done I um I loved all the actors I thought the actors all you know had a really good part to play and I think they all did it really well they were all very convincing very believable I certainly fell in love with Adam Driver because I didn't really I don't really know much about him if I was... I weeks ago I text you going I think I've got a crush on Adam Driver and you're like what and then you watch this and you're like I get it <laughs> yeah no he's just really like cool and uh cool. Yeah, and I, did, I was watching his partner in it and I was like god he looks like Steve Buscemi and it's his brother I, I, I thought it was Steve Buscemi I haven't had time to check it's not him no because I was like he looks like Steve Buscemi I knew it wasn't him but then I was like googled it and it's his brother I liked his character. He, oh, well, I liked everyone. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I did. I liked. Um, so, what did you? Um, what did you think of Ron himself? John David Washington. Yeah, yeah. The character. I thought he was great. I thought he portrayed the character really well, and he had this kind of um, level-headedness to him, which, which is why he got in. Yeah. Yeah. Did, yeah. You, you you sort of like it was a batshit crazy thing to do but at the same time he did it well and you were just like fair fucking play you you played that well do you know what I mean yeah yeah I thought the whole um like because it was when I was watching it and like one minute he's in the the room the records room isn't it and the next minute he's like in this clan investigation and it seemed it was very quick but it was very organic and you know like sees this ad calls someone up and convinces them I know apparently it wasn't that way in real life. It was, I think you told me it was by a uh, box, PO box. Um, but like, obviously in this, he does it by telephone. Um, and just like, it seemed very easy. Like you just basically needed to call them up and, you know, slag off the black man and, you know, champion white purity. And then, you know, you're in like he, it was a very, um, it kind of reminded me a little bit of how, Donny Brasco, you know the film Johnny Donny Brasco, the true story of that FBI agent that um, infiltrated the mafia. Like he seemed to get in there quite easily. So I'm wondering, did these films exaggerate, it or is it really that easy? <laughs> mm. <laughs> kind of like, you know, work your way into these things that are supposed to be quite secretive, almost. Do you know what I mean? I think there is some artistic license, but uh, yeah. but yeah, it, it it obviously did happen. It's yeah. you know. 
um, and there's photographic evidence, which is why um, Stolworth's story could get actually out there because he had proof that he did it. Um, you know the picture of him um, in it when he manages to put his arm around David Duke? Is that yeah. a real picture? Yeah, apparently that, that's oh, right. real yeah. Stolworth. He knew, he knew that um, that was the only way to, to prove that he did it um if it could obviously they they had to hide their records and stuff i don't know if he was aware that they were going to have to do that anyway but yeah, yeah like, there's a fallback and yeah <laughs> proof oh cool um so what did you think of um how topher grace which i wouldn't have put him as this but i think he did a really good job as david duke see i don't know much about the Klu Klux clan and, and no, i don't only what i've seen in films if i'm honest with you yeah same and so I didn't really. It was a really strange performance, actually, because as much as he's a twat, he comes, yes, he comes across as a pleasant guy, which is something they discuss in the film. I think they kind of talk about how he's trying to sort of get into politics, etc., which I'll come back to. But yeah. so I thought Topher Grace came across as this all right kind of chap compared to the other dickheads who are part of the clan. Yeah. Um, but then at the end, when they're showing actual footage of the real Duke, I thought, gosh, he did a really yeah. like on the ball performance of this guy. Yeah, I, I yeah, I've seen David Duke. I didn't actually realise he was still alive. Um, but I've I've seen him in quite a bit of footage. Um, it's, it's a man that baffles me. But um, mm. I thought it was interesting, and I, that's the thing about films like this. I'd love to know is it true? Like when he said like because he remember he asked him how you know how can you tell that you're talking to a black man and he says the way they pronounce their r's oh, i know and i was like but but part of me believes it is true because that's the kind of arrogance that <laughs> certain people have isn't it but mm. i think when when he basically came clean about how who he was talking to the face was absolutely amazing yeah apparently yeah. it's true that they did end up becoming quite close over the phone and he did personally process his KKK membership application so apparently they did get on very well and Stallworth even described um, in his memoirs the relationship as a friend basically says it's a friendship for lack of a better word isn't that quite insane I feel like this is like the original catfish <laughs> this is where it all started yeah well it is isn't it it's, it's a lot like that yeah. yeah you just never know do you you never know who you're talking to no <laughs> um what did you think about the actual sort of direction of it? Um, I, I'll be honest with you. I, I mean, I really did enjoy it, but I was so engrossed in what was actually happening. I wasn't so much as looking at how it was happening, you know. But um, no, I thought it was. Um, I thought it was very well done. Um, but yeah, I was just so engrossed in the story because it was a story that I f fascinated me. I was more engrossed in the, that than how it was shot. Oh no! I mean, I I think the story is absolutely fascinating, but yeah. I'm always I'm always looking out for how it's made. You know, that's something that really yeah, I as well. But this one kind of took me by surprise a little bit. Do you know what I mean? Usually, I do like to, I I'm not as big on as as you are, but I usually do. I think that's from doing the film degree. But in this one, I just kept getting sucked in to what was going on. You know. But what about you then? Um. No, I I thought that I thought the way it evokes like the cinema of the time period it's set in was was very good um obviously it's got like this is a very 70s vibe oh god know. yeah oh yeah i got all that yeah but i didn't the whole shots and all that kind of stuff i didn't really pay much attention to if i'm honest with you <laughs> so. no i thought it was good um i thought there were lots of the, the use of like the long lens sort of 
uh, take shots of split screens and the dolly one at the end, especially when they're like both got their guns and they're pointing at the camera. I thought that was um, yeah, good That's reference. Really interesting shot, yeah, yeah, and like the funk soul soundtrack as well. And then the the score, the the music. I can't remember how it goes now, it's, but like the the, con- the the continual like reference to that throughout, I thought was really good. He did actually stick to the period very well. I must admit. Yeah. He did. He did. It was very believable. You felt like um, it didn't kind of have that, you know, the shiny look of a film today. So I feel like they kind of kept that well. Like you felt like you were watching a film back then, the way whatever they do to do that. But I didn't feel like it was all shiny and new. So no. I felt like it was quite authentic from that point of view. Yeah. Definitely. And I do like that type of, you know, the music, that kind of uh, soul soundtrack music type stuff. I think that's really, you know. I find it really interesting how he kind of, overlaid this sort of positive song about love yeah oh um because when patrice joins ron in the bar mm. after the um the the first rally that he goes to yeah um, and she's like you know we were stopped by the police and stuff and it's it's quite a harrowing scene and yet yeah. it's, it's overlaid with this 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 song um too late now or something like that and I think that's what the film's really good at. It kind of shows you sort of horrific scenes and yet sort of down, it, it almost not doesn't downplay it, but it kind of makes you think about it in a different way. And you're like, what I'm seeing and hearing is just horrendous. Um, it's kind of got this weird sort of duality throughout the whole thing where it's, it's like light and dark at the same time. And in, I suppose that's how these things are looked at because like what he's doing to her, because like when he, uh, tries to when he's got his hands on her basically it's mm. not seen it's not a bad thing he's doing he's a white policeman he, he's not doing anything wrong do you know what so I mean? got his weapons as well yeah that was an amazing scene mm. <laughs> Brilliant. um but yeah I think that maybe you know that type of you know music you know that doesn't represent what you're seeing is because what you're seeing in that day and age wasn't wrong as wrong as it is, it wasn't, you know, unfortunately. But yeah, I did enjoy, I did enjoy that at the end when, because uh, what, what, he was really going for it. I can do what I want and all this kind of stuff. No, I thought that was very good. Yeah. What were you saying about dualism? You used um, well, I think, yeah, I think it like kind of runs throughout the whole thing. There's, there's much, you know, you've got, obviously you've got the black and white sort of balance. You've not balance or imbalance as much as it's affecting. You've got one character being played by two people. You, you've got this commentary on the past and whilst also commentary on the future, you've got yeah. the police force and the clan. And it's like, as much as the clan of like, they are the bad guys, but the, but the police are also like, they're meant to be the good guys, but they're also the bad guys at the same time. It's like going back to that dickhead, that dickhead policeman, when they're saying, oh yeah, we know he he shot this black kid um, who wasn't in the wrong and didn't deserve to be shot, but we can't say anything. And it's just all, and Ron's just like, well, why didn't you say anything? It's like, because we're a family. And it's just like, I know, yeah. somebody else, I know another group who talks like that. And it's kind of like showing this sort of, no, no, I agree. Yeah, do you know what did you think of um, the wife? You know the the wife of that real psycho. Oh yeah, she was scary. She was vile. She was absolutely disgusting. And like when, um, when she tries to blow up the house of Patrice, and then uh, Ron 
tackles her to the ground. And then those cops, the way they won't, you know, they don't, they're not interested in seeing anything. They just go straight for the beating. And yeah. she acting what they did. And um, I think they took that as a reference from, do you ever hear of the boy Emmett Till? But I, I went to the Martin Luther King uh, Museum. It's in, I think it's in Memphis. And um, basically this, this young lad was brutally murdered for, I think he said, by baby or something to a white woman. And this is apparently, this is meant to be where they got this from. So after he said that, he was found guilty and he was, you know, all sorts was done to him, but he ended up dead, but it wasn't a, wasn't a pleasant murder. And, um, but this woman recanted it, that actually he didn't do it. You know, he didn't touch her because she was like, he touched me, grabbed me, he tried to, you know, because the way she's shouting at him, he's yeah. trying to rape me and all that kind of stuff. And they tackle him to the ground. And that's meant to be where it comes from from this young 14 year old boy who basically got brutally, brutally murdered because some white woman said that he tried to do something to her that he didn't. He just went by baby. Well, it's like, um, I, there's another, there's a show on uh, a new TV series on Netflix, isn't it? When they see us, which is talking about, is it the New York five? And again, it's like, Central Park five. Yeah. Yeah. The Central. And, and it's again, that's a similar story. And you're just like, are you fucking kidding me? Just because they were black, and I mean, I don't know the full story of that, but from what I've yeah. heard, I mean, that, that, it's basically because they're black. It's just awful. It is ridiculous, and yeah, these I I I don't know if I'm going to watch that documentary. I know the story of these five guys, but I just find these things quite upsetting to watch. No, yeah, um, same. I think I, I am going to check it out. Yeah, no, I um, I don't know. I, I probably will watch it, but I find them quite upsetting to watch. So. I think that's what's quite interesting about this movie in that it's telling quite a horrible like a horrible story about horrible people um but it's done in a way that opens your eyes and would encourage you to to you know really think about the situation here mm-hmm. um, and I think that's very powerful and I think that's the message that is um a, a vote well it, it that Spike Lee tries to get at throughout the movie when he references like the fact that they they watch the ha- like how cinema can shape negatively and positively your opinion on like social issues. So like in this when they const- when they watch Birth of a Nation and and horrible th- and and like even Gone with the Wind at the beginning, it's telling you cinema's powerful and th- and like there's there's good and bad, you know, to it. Yeah, no, I, I was because I remember we had to sit through that, didn't we, in uni, Birth of a Nation awful film um but i think in this he kind of um i think lee gives a bit of a middle finger up to griffith's alleged masterpiece like do you know what i mean and this whole notion of him being this like amazing filmmaker like and that excused what he did i just think that it was disgusting that film was absolutely disgusting i hated it it was shit and he was like this big like oh my god look at what he's done and ugh. No, it was a horrible film. Did you you didn't watch it all? I think it was like three hours long or something. I remember it being really long. No, I didn't. It was pretty. Um, yeah. No, I think he kind of like gives the fingers to that film in this film when I think. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but uh, so let's get on to the main man himself, Adam Driver. <laughs> well, he's not the main man in this, but yeah. It's, it's when I fell in love with him. <laughs> It was Star Wars for me. <laughs> yeah, no, I didn't really... Uh, well, I, 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 I need to watch all the Star Wars ones again, but that's a, it's another uh, episode. No, I, I really enjoyed him in this, and I liked how 
he kind of went on a bit of a journey himself really didn't he because at the start he was like meh this is just a job and whatever mm. then because of obviously the way they speak um you know about Jewish people and you know it starts to kind of hit home about you know his heritage and whether it's important and you know you you kind of see him because he's kind of repressed his whole identity for so long doesn't he yeah who he actually is like you know and this like whole anti-semitic groups come up and it gets all very close and personal but that scene was pretty intense wasn't it when he wants to put the um lie detector test on him yeah and ron has to throw the yeah the window yeah no it was quite tense and i think it's quite quite a grounded performance from from driver and 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 like that little that speech well that kind of conversation they have where he's like i never used to think about this stuff and now i'm fine i'm thinking about it all the time yeah and like you say he's starting to think about his identity and and who he is and and how it's you know they're not just prejudiced against you know black people it's it's like this basically not white sorry Anyone that's basically not white, white as the driven snow. Christian white, yeah, it's like, yeah, no, 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 I, um, yeah, no, I agree, but, um, yeah, I think he went on probably a really big journey, but like he, he wasn't real. I didn't realize that he wasn't, um, I thought he was a real character in the whole. Story. No, I, I think they, from what I've read, he, um, Ron Storworth had uh, a couple of. Um, colleagues who um, they all sort of posed at Ron as Ron at certain points on the phone when you know they were off doing their various jobs um, but yeah there was this one guy I think his name was Chris it's been revealed um, um, pretended to be uh, Ron so yeah Flip is isn't a real character oh. well he was good in it he was he was good um, I like I- I love um, John Washington's. No, no, he he was. Um, I did. I did really like him. Actually, I think he did it so well. I loved how grounded he was. Like he was in a situation where he could have really lost the plot, and he just he was very grounded. I'm surprised. Like in situations that he was in, that he would have lost his temper a lot more. He only really did with the girlfriend um, being, you know, harassed the way she was. But he, you know, he he could have. He took everything that was thrown at him. Really, didn't he? He was very professional. Yes. You know, he yes. saw the bigger picture. He saw what he was doing and it was bigger than his um, you know, how he his feelings, so to speak, which you could have, you know, forgiven him for maybe losing his temper or something, you know? Yeah. What did you think of the footage at the end though? Did you did it take you by surprise when it just came up? I wasn't expecting it. You know, the the um Virginia rally. Yeah, I I thought the ending was a bit strange actually, how it was kind of well it's I suppose it's to make the point that it was just unresolved almost like she is having that discussion with Patrice and she's just like I'm not sure I could date you and they kind of have a little argument and obviously there's a knock on the door but then they even though there was showing that they were on two sides of an argument they combine at the end to like obviously they're still fighting against the Ku Klux Klan and then yeah then goes into the um the footage and it was yeah I I got quite upset watching it actually. Shy, because I'm Dev come in at the end of it. Like he didn't watch all of it, but he watched a bit of it with me. And then this came on, and he was like, "Fuck!" And I was like, "God, I know." Because I'm, you know, it's. But then I was like looking at the date, 
And I was like, 2017, fuck, that shit was only two years ago. Do you I know? Remember, I do remember it happening and just being horrified. Yeah, yeah it was. And, and then that knob blaming both sides because he wouldn't fucking fess up to his uh, supporters, you know. But yeah, no, that was quite um, harrowing to watch. But overall, I thought it was a really good film. I thought it was really done well. Interesting story. I'd like to see a documentary made about it, if there isn't one. I don't think there is. No, I, I, I feel like one will probably come out at some point now. Yeah. This. Um, but yeah, I think that would definitely be an interesting documentary. It'd probably be quite an interesting book, actually, because it's, you know, it's an interesting life, isn't it, when you think about it? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. You know? But uh, just to say, in our Edgar Wright episode, we did mention that we were going to do Riverdale, but me and Harry chatted about it so many times, we, <laughs> we couldn't chat about it anymore, so we might do that again after season four. Yeah, maybe, yeah. <laughs> and our next big episode uh, we are going to do this week is going to be on the Westerns. I'm so excited to talk about that. Yeah, have you picked your films? I did mean to say, I'm really tired, sorry. I meant to say that with more emphasis. I am genuinely excited to talk about that. <laughs> I know, it's it's 20 to 10 on a Sunday evening and uh, we're just knackered. <laughs> but we, we like to get these things done. We do, we do. Um, yeah, so you can watch Black Klansman on Now TV at the moment if um, you're wondering where you can watch that. And I highly recommend going and checking that out. Yeah, me too. And um, if you want to check out some of our other stuff, we have a lot more episodes available on through the Anchor app and there on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, SoundCloud, other things that I can't <laughs> remember. And we are also on Instagram and Facebook as Shimmy Podcast and Twitter as SMTPcast. And I am Lorraine Purden on stuff and Harry is... Uh, I'm Tales of Peck on Instagram and Twitter. Oh, and WordPress. Yes, you are. Um, cool. Okay. Well, thanks for listening. Check it out. Go give us some stars. Let us know what you think. And we will chat to you later. <laughs>